welcome to another edition of the Unicorns podcast. This is a podcast series featuring business leaders, motivators, innovators, and general go-getters. Rudy Krauss, welcome to the program. Hey, Justin, happy to be here. Rudy, tell us about your professional background and how you came to be the co-founder of Compono. Yes, so my background is uh, in organizational psychology. with uh, my research basically in organizational culture maturity uh, and how that predicts performance. Um, so prior to co-founding Compono with, uh, with Carl Hartman, uh, most of my work has actually been in management consulting. And um, prior to Compono, I actually founded uh, an organizational psychology management consulting firm um, that specialized in, in competence and culture, operational effectiveness and performance, uh, and human behavior. And the thing that was really standing out for me was no matter what business, no matter what industry uh, a company was in, the main issues were always the same. It was always talent related. And generally, I would find that organizations have three questions. Um, how do I attract and hire the right people? How do I develop my people to ensure that they remain relevant in a changing world that we live in? Um, and how do I build a high-performing culture and retain the right talent? And for me and Carl, solving these three areas of essentially talent acquisition, talent retention, and talent development gave the birth of the concept of, of Compono. And what we really wanted to do was to deliver something uh, from a technology standpoint that focused on from hire to retire and deliver more I guess, intelligent data-driven decision technology platforms to organizations to optimize uh, their talent capabilities. So tell me how it all works with Compono. Um, So in a very short sentence, uh, we are intelligence that make the world of work amazing. So Compono has, as I said, three pillars, talent acquisition, retention, and development. And we've got um, technology solutions and products that basically cover each of those um, pillars um, that essentially help organizations make more effective talent decisions, but also help talent and um, um, candidates make more intelligent decisions around their career path. And essentially the grander scheme or the grander vision for Compono is for each of these products to be a single data bus where a candidate will have essentially a profile that follows them from the day they finish high school to the day that they retire. And very similarly, from an organization's perspective, no matter where they are in their life cycle, essentially um, to deliver solutions that help HR people, that help um, organizations make more strategic, better decisions, and not just essentially have the HR system be a system of record, but a system of intelligence. Why do you think it's so hard to hire good staff that stay around for a long time? Look, I think there are many reasons. I think one of the key reasons for me that what I've seen is a lot of the time HR is seen as an expense item on a PL rather than a strategic point for an organization. And the way I look at HR and the way I look at your, your people and talent is essentially they are the cornerstone of your business. And if organizations change or pivot their mindset around how they view HR as a more than just something that's a cog in a wheel, but really a strategic 
point of reference to the business and gaining competitive advantage, uh, I think organizations will really change the way they approach uh, recruitment, the way they approach retention, the way they approach development uh, more holistically. And I think, you know, those organizations, the organizations that are really forward thinking, they get that. They understand that humans are the, yes, they are the most expensive element on your, your, your PL, but they're also the most significant contributing factor um, that's going to make your business succeed or fail. So when Hiring decisions are made. Do you think hiring managers have all of the necessary skills and tools that they should have to make the best decision, or do they, or are they traditionally, or have they traditionally just looked at the best CV based on, say, skills rather than cultural fit or attitude? Yeah, that's a great question because. You know, if you look at the evolution of technology in the HR space, especially in the recruitment space, there's been quite a significant evolution. You know, you look at, um, you know, job posting boards like, you know, Indeed and, and Seek and um, Jura and so forth. Uh, and then, you, you know, you look at uh, candidate marketplaces like LinkedIn and the birth of applicant tracking systems and HRISs, which is human resources uh, information systems. When it comes to making the final, uh, the final hiring decisions, organizations and hiring managers still rely on the old and outdated uh, CV. And that brings in a lot of bias into the recruitment process, right? Because uh, CVs, they all feel, smell, look, taste different. And humans aren't really good at making decisions. We struggle with um, being objective. We also can't crunch a lot of data at the same point in time. So while there's been quite a significant evolution in, in HR technology, the end hiring decision is still antiquated. It's still based on a CV. And uh, what we do know from research that looks at the predictive uh, capability of a CV, there's almost no predictability between CV and, and uh, an employee's performance. And so that's why we essentially created Shortlister being one of our products in, in Compono, which is um, essentially intelligent hiring optimization platform that, as you say, looks beyond just the skills and qualifications, but also considers a candidate's uh, potential more holistically, what they're looking for in a workplace, what motivates them in a job and behaviorally, how are they going to fit with the team, with the culture? Um, and having that lens, that more holistic lens on a, a candidate when they apply um, can really drive more intelligent, better, uh, less biased and more objective hiring decisions. So is that actually working? Can you give us some examples of uh, hiring decisions that have been made that a candidate did not necessarily stack up uh, on their CV, at least necessarily the best fit, but because of other factors, X, Y, and Z, uh, they were the perfect hire? Yeah, absolutely. So we generally call it the candidate that looks wrong but is right versus the candidate that looks right but is wrong. So a lot of our customers and uh, the traditional way of recruitment would, as we just discussed, would look at qualifications and skills. 
And then if you're lucky, down the path right at the end of the recruitment process, they might put them through some psychometric testing. At this point, however, though, you know, you've sifted through tens, maybe hundreds of candidates to essentially put two or three candidates through the psychometric process. And if the recruitment process right at the start wasn't effective, it's bad data in, bad data out. So it's the candidate Mm -hmm. that looks right from a skills and qualifications perspective, but is wrong from an organization fit perspective. And then what you find is hiring managers and HR and the organization is surprised that the candidate didn't work out. Whereas with Shortlister, we take that more holistic approach right up front. We evaluate someone based on skills, based on organization fit, based on qualifications. And what we've seen is a lot of our customers would end up hiring the candidate that potentially looks wrong, but is right. Looks wrong, might not have all the skills, might not have all the qualifications, but is right from a team and culture fit perspective. The thing is, that you can send someone on a course to gain a qualification. You can train someone to improve their skills, but changing someone's attitudes and beliefs is a lot harder. So evaluating that up front and doing that heavy lifting up front obviously is going to give you a lot more insight as to who's going to be the better fit candidate. So the way I look at it is good data in, good data out. Your probability of making a better decision at the end of the hiring process is a lot more significant. Uh, with products like Shortlister and, and other products that Compono uh, offers. We're obviously talking during uh, the COVID-19 pandemic. It's affected all parts of global economies. What impact has the pandemic had on recruitment? Obviously, a lot of people are out of work, but people, st- businesses still need to hire. Can you give us an insight into the recruitment industry during COVID-19? Yeah, sure. I think before I jump into that, I think it's probably just worth um, reflecting on the tradition or the way uh, the world of work and, and the work environment was prior to, to COVID. What we essentially saw from a recruitment perspective was um, a lot of jobs, a lot of job advertisements, very few candidates. So there was essentially a, a war for talent. With COVID, the pendulum swung the other way around, whereby there aren't a lot of jobs being advertised, but there's a lot more candidates. So uh, prior to to COVID, you know, an organization might get 20, 30, 40, 50 candidates. But what we've noticed is with uh, during COVID, a lot of uh, companies that we talk to, they're getting in excess of 500 candidates now that they now have to sift through their CVs manually and essentially waste time to find that needle in the haystack. So um, I think there is quite a significant change in the employment market. Um, what we have seen is that uh, job postings have been down uh, almost 50% month on month, um, but more recent data in the first couple of weeks of May has shown there's, there's has actually been a marginal improvement um, suggesting that employment uh, market is changing and it is taking a, a turn and for the positive. Um, but what I will say is if you're taking a longer-term view on, on business and hiring, now is a really great time to hire, especially in industries like technology, IT, uh, where it is traditionally very difficult to find the right talent or to find talent more holistically. Uh, and now mm-hmm. with COVID, with more talent on, on the market, 
you essentially, an organization has uh, more opportunity to choose from, uh, assuming they've also got technology like shortlisted that essentially can help them find the needle in the haystack more holistically. Um, I think the other thing there worth mentioning, of course, you know, when we talk about um, jobs and industries mostly affected, you know, we all know that, you know, these include your, your travel, your tourism, uh, your retail, your hospitality. Um, and one that's not really talked about is business services, like, for example, management consulting. Uh, you know, that they are uh, really heavily impacted because, you know, organizations are trying to consolidate in this current uh, environment rather than potentially grow. Um, whereas on the flip side, we have actually seen certain job types doing really well. For example, health, uh, government, logistics and warehousing, aged care uh, and more part-time workers as well. You've recently launched the Australian National Talent Registry. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, so the Australian National Talent Registry, or ANTAR as we call it, was essentially created to help Australia on its way, on its road to recovery, help Australia get back to work. We wanted to give back to the community. Uh, essentially, our mission with ANTAR is to connect Australian job seekers to new jobs with companies hiring right now and essentially use uh, our intelligence software to better match candidates to jobs and then post-COVID to essentially offer the platform more holistically as a new way of uh, connecting people with jobs uh, using technology. And, and so what's, what's, your, uh, what's your opinion on how long it might take for uh, the economy to the Australian economy in particular to recover from COVID based on what you're seeing through ANTAR, job ads, applications, any signs of early optimism on breaking through the end of COVID? Yeah, I think the road to recovery will be long. Um, but, you know, even this week, you know, when you look at the the stock exchange, um, you know, changes has been quite positive this week. Um, in terms of a timeline, I'm, I'm unsure because, you know, there could also be a, a second wave depending on, uh, you know, what happens to uh, borders opening up again. Um, but I will say this, I think we will see a bounce back and I think we will see a significant bounce back um, in the recruitment space. Um, I think, though, when we talk about, you know, the impact of COVID on, on hiring or recruitment more holistically, I think it will force companies to look towards technology solutions uh, like Shortlister that improve uh, the way hiring is made uh, quite significantly. Um, you know, technology that essentially look at, you know, how do we evaluate someone without meeting them? Because, you know, I think more and more the remote working element is going to stick. You know, we've got Twitter essentially that... Um, came out publicly that said 100% of their workforce is going to work remotely now. And so, you know, I think that's going to change the way that recruitment and hiring is going to happen. And I think technology is going to play a really big part in how uh, the new way of work is going to be shaped. And that's right. Many businesses have no doubt had to pivot uh, very quickly in order to survive, uh, particularly during lockdown. So, so how important is it um, a role for HR technology to play in this business agility? 
again, Justin, I'd say humans are the cornerstone or, you know, the beating heart of any business. And as I mentioned before, HR shouldn't be viewed as purely an expense on a P&L. Uh, but rather a way to build that strategic and competitive advantage, and especially from a culture perspective, right? I think if you look at what makes modern companies really successful is the ability to build a, a positive, strong organizational culture. And humans make up an organization's culture. So it's essentially the human element that drive that competitive advantage. And HR technology like Compono, uh, I think we'll only cont- continue to grow in popularity and in necessity in organizations, um, uh, being key factors to making effective business decisions underpinned by data and science, I think. Um, that's the key there. It's got to be essentially objective, reliable tools um, that essentially helps um, hiring managers, helps HR, helps organizations to essentially prioritize their strategy around the human element and take a more holistic approach to uh, the impact that people have on the business success. Now, let's go to your um, to your professional background, also your personal background. I know we can, I can tell from your, your accent there, it's, uh, it's South African. Um, <laughs> give, us, give us an insight into uh, where you grew up and how you managed to find your way to Australia. Yeah, so I am South African, um, Afrikaans actually. So my mother tongue is is Afrikaans, which is uh, a mixture between Dutch and German. Uh, actually, uh, I moved to Australia in my. Can you can you speak it? Yeah, I can. What will you say? I I've got no idea what you just said. I said yes, I can. Uh, what do you want me to say? So you you can pick it the the Germanic element uh, in the language there. Um, but growing up in South Africa, um, you know, mother tongue being Afrikaans, um, second language, you, you tend to have three languages you get taught. Uh, second language was English, and then my third language was Zulu. Um, don't ask me to speak any Zulu. I'll, I'll, I'll probably mess it up and make a fool of myself. Um, but, yeah, moved to Australia in my late teens, um, finished my last couple of years of, of high school here, um, and coincidentally uh, became a school captain as well. Um I grew up in South Africa, mm-hmm. in, in Cape Town, uh, uh, in my very early part of, of my life, and then moved to a mining town um, uh, near Johannesburg, essentially. Um, and that's where, I guess, my love for, for mining, heavy industry, uh, really grew from. Um, my old man was also in mining. Uh, my mum was a nurse. Um, and so when you look at my consulting work, predominantly in organizational psychology was in heavy industry mining. Um, uh, and that really set the foundation for what good practice and good principles look like uh, in the HR space. Mm. Because in mining, in heavy industry, safety critical environments, there isn't a lot of margin for error. For error. Um, people die, right? So um, making sure that your organization's culture is is safe and, and mature is a really key part. And, and I'd say that's probably where I'd cut my teeth and that drove a lot of my inspiration um, to co-found Compono with Carl. I understand, Rudy, you are still studying. You're attempting to uh, achieve a PhD. Uh, that's it's a very big mountain to climb. What is your, uh, what is your thesis topic? 
Yeah, so you're absolutely right. It is a, uh, a mountain to climb. Uh, if this thing called a uh, tech startup didn't get in the way, I'd probably say it would have been finished by now. But it's a uh, my research topic is something I'm really passionate about. It's it's safety culture maturity uh, and how that predicts performance and behaviors. So realistically. Uh, you know, evaluating and making predictions around whether your employees will be uh, how how compliant or non-compliant um, your employees will likely be, uh, and you know to what extent they'll display safety citizenship behaviour given the maturity uh, of your organisation's safety culture. And I took a lot of that research um, actually into Compono in developing our culture tool in Shortlister as well as in in Retainer, which. Retainer is a tool in that basically looked at employer retention by evaluating your organization's current culture, its desired culture, and how that predicts performance outcomes, things like turnover intentions, employee engagement, and so forth. You hear a lot about workplace culture, both good and bad. You, you hear of, oh, well, it's a, it's a terrific culture. We all have a good time. The flip side seems to be there's a toxic culture, don't go there, don't work there. In your experience, how much of a role does culture play in in the success or demise of any organisation? I think it plays an enormous part. Um, The way I describe organisational culture and specifically recruitment is um, I consider it like a heart transplant. Uh, sounds melodramatic, uh, but actually it isn't because who you hire can make or break your business. Uh, whether that's, you know, the new CFO you've hired, uh, you know, that's embezzling money that can sink your business to the shop assistant, you know, at a retail store that basically has a direct impact to the lifetime value of a customer. Uh, no matter who you hire can can impact your business uh, and vice versa. The culture can impact your employees' behaviours. And coming back to my analogy of being a heart transplant, an organisation's culture is unique. It's a, like a fingerprint. Um, it's got a DNA. And that's the same with uh, an employee. Uh, we all have our own personality and our purpose and values. And essentially, if the transplant doesn't have a match in DNA, the body rejects it. And that's the same in an organization. If the DNA of the organization, the purpose, the values isn't aligned with the talent that's in the business, there'll be a discourse and essentially a breakdown in a relationship. So I would say uh, culture is the binding, the glue that binds everything together. And if you can get a pulse on what the organization's culture is and how healthy it is, it will also be a great indicator of things like job happiness, job satisfaction, turnover, uh, and which obviously have linkages and flow-on effects in terms of organizational effectiveness and, and the bottom line. You've no doubt done some hiring of your own over the years. What, what are some of the questions or uh, maybe your top question, your top two questions that you like to ask potential employees about but about a about a role, about a job. Yeah, I mean, apart from you know the the stock standard questions around you know capabilities and you know whether they can do the job or not and um, so forth, you know, from a technical perspective, um, I also like to ask questions that um, takes them outside of the realm. Of, of the job and the general interview question. Yes. I like to, 
I'd like to I like to ask questions, things like, you know, um, um, tell me about you. Um, tell me what motivates you. Tell me um, what interests you. Um, what's your purpose, right? Um, you really then get a sense of a person's values, their priorities in life, um, what motivates them. Um, so I definitely want to find out a little bit more about who they are uh, as an individual. Um, one of the questions I actually love asking is, um, if I was to ask your significant other or a friend or a, a partner, what would they say you look like at your worst versus at your best? Um, because it gives you a really good indication of, you know, yeah. how this person's going to react in difficult times under pressure. But it also gives you an indicator of when this person is not happy. Um, so you can in intervene earlier. So it's not just about, you know, them identifying uh, what they look like in, in, a, in a disagreement. It also serves to me as an indicator of, ah, okay, he or she is actually experiencing a really difficult time now. Let me delve in a little bit deeper and let me support them. Because as a leader, I think what I always say to my staff is no organization owns their employees. But I know I've done a good job as a leader if my staff leave in a better way than what they came to my organization. So a big part of leadership, I truly believe, is to coach, mentor, and develop your staff. And for you to be able to do that effectively, you've got to know what they look like at their best and their worst so that that can serve as leading indicators for you to essentially intervene early and essentially support them in the way they should be supported. So finally, uh, Rudy, what advice would you give to the business leaders out there that are listening who might be struggling to find the right talent for their organization uh, to help them grow their businesses? What, what, is, what are some practical tips you can give um, small business owners, owners of enterprise when they're, when they're hiring staff and they're trying to find the, the right people for their business? Yeah, sure. Um, look, I think given the current situation, um, I think there's no better time um, to look for talent right now, um, assuming, of course, your business can absorb uh, that additional headcount. Um, I think you will have a lot more um, chances of finding good candidates. I think Australia, being an, an island nation, um, we generally don't have uh, a lot of talent to choose from. So, uh, you know, you've got to make hay while the sun shines. And we've definitely seen that uh, with a lot of bigger employers. They are um, hitting the recruitment and the hiring process harder right now because, uh, you know, talent is available. So I'd say, um, you know, start looking now, start looking early. Um, I'd also say you have to be strategic, planned and systematic in your hiring process. Don't wing it. Um, don't rely on your gut feeling. Look beyond the CV. Look for, you know, what what is a candidate's purpose? What's their values? What's their beliefs? And how does that align uh, with what you as an organization have on offer? Um, and I think the other part there is use technology. Use technology like Shortlister to do the heavy lifting for you, to help remove some of these personal and cognitive biases uh, and to speed up the hiring process and make it more valid. You know, uh, Justin Research will show you that 
you know, between 70 and 80% of a hiring manager or recruiter's time is spent doing manual recruitment tasks like reviewing CVs, scheduling interviews and so forth. And, you know, with technology nowadays, most of that heavy lifting can be done um, upfront. And that's the same with things like, uh, you know, looking beyond skills and, and, and qualifications. Look for the organization, team and culture fit upfront. Good data in, good data out. So I think that's probably the main key factors there. That's great advice. Rudy Krauss, co-founder of Compono. Thank you very much for joining us on the Unicorns today. Thanks for having me, Justin. It was great.